Welcome to the Rider Up Podcast, presented by Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge, America's East Coast mountain biking capital, where we talk about how much we love bicycles. Dan's a crazy downhiller, and John will be walking with a cane in a few years. But nobody loves cycling more than these two. Coming to you from Virginia's Blue Ridge, let's meet the hosts, Dan Lucas and John Carlin. Hello and welcome to the Rider Up podcast presented by Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge and recording at Cardinal Bicycle in Grandin Village in Roanoke, Virginia. I'm John Carlin. Hey everybody, I'm Dan Lucas and we are excited to have you along for the podcast today. Yeah, I tell you what, so uh, let's let's just talk about the bike cred for the region just really quickly. Uh, we are recording, as I said, at Cardinal Bicycle, which is an awesome bike shop right here in Grandin Village. It's got a lunch counter and all kinds of cool things you can do while you're in here thinking and talking about bikes and just looking at everything bicycle. But the region, uh, visit or Virginia's Blue Ridge, is known as America's East Coast mountain biking capital, and we have lots of trails to support that. We're an Imba Silver Ride Center. We are the home of VBR Team 2024. Uh, the young ladies are killing it. Uh, we get news releases all the time with win after win after win, and we expect uh, some of those team members to be babies showing up at the Olympics. But more on that in another episode. Uh, we just recently hosted the U.S. Amateur National Road Races. Uh, we are uh, working on the Visit VBR Grand Fondo which is a great ride in Botetourt County here in the region, and that's coming up on Sunday, October 8th, 2023. And, of course, we do want to thank our wonderful audio engineer, Tom Bamford, who is making sure all the levels come out great, and he can also wrench your bike or sell you a bike when he's not working on our audio <laughs> here at Cardinal. So, Tom, thank you so much. All right, so, Dan. Yes. What's going on? Man, uh, it's been a crazy start to the summer for me. Um, it's been uh, crazy at work. I've had some fun rides. Uh, so <laughs> in between, everybody that knows me is going to laugh when I say this, but in between my vacations, um, you can call <laughs> me Mr. Vacation from now on, uh -huh. I, uh, I had a week here <laughs> and uh, we squeezed in or I squeezed in two, ride, two, two big rides with um, a lot of uh, the... Um, you know, folks in the Valley here, uh, they were e-bike demo rides and they were incredibly fun. We had a blast. Abby was there. Um, and it was, um, yeah, it was, it was just a super fun time late nights. I think I was working 13 hour days, but I got it done. Then I went on vacation and I rode beach cruisers for like five or six days with like my a buddies. legitimate beach cruiser, like a, like a single speed beach cruiser coaster break. And, um, I forgot how much fun it was. I felt like I was in stranger things or something like that we were like pedaling uh -huh, really uh -huh, fast to uh -huh. catch up and cruising around town and going to get ice cream and stuff is really fun um so that is honestly us well and and then i did squeeze in a quick trip to snowshoe for the uh, dhse uh round number five uh so that was a cool we'll talk about the team later but that was a, a fun time got to throw some laps in there as well so I've kind of hit all the entire spectrum of riding, um, if if possible, in the last two weeks. Um, but I'm ready to get back out there. It's raining right now, so I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. It has soon, rained all week. It's been a terrible week to ride. It has. It it's has. been terrible. I'm, I'm having withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you just mentioned Abby. We'll, we'll just let you know that Abby Snyder is here, and we're going to be talking to her. Abby, say hi to the to the nice people. 
Hey, all. <laughs> Abby uh, has uh, an amazing cycling resume. She'll be cycling in the worlds later this year. But right now she's sitting here with her leg up on a chair because <laughs> she has all kinds of stitches in her knee. Yeah, we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, so so little little teaser to what's, what's going on. So... Um, so yeah, Dan, what was more fun riding the beach cruiser mm. with the coaster brake or taking your very sophisticated downhill bike down snowshoe? That is a, that is a real tough question. Is it really? Uh, I mean, you know, so yeah. the downhill, bu- or, you know, riding snowshoe, uh, is that is what my brain is wired to love for whatever reason. And so it was, I w- it was firing on all cylinders when I was doing that. Um, but there's something about a simple beach cruiser. You're with your buddies. Um, you ride down to the to the ice cream place. You get ice cream with the kids, and you walk along the the boardwalk. I mean, they're so different. But man, it was uh, you know the serotonin was kicking in on both. Um, okay, uh, but so maybe not the adrenaline. Maybe not the adrenaline. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. My <laughs> my little one was riding um, in. She was going a little, so we were in Duck, North Carolina, and okay. Duck actually has hills. I don't uh-huh. know if anybody's ever been there. There are hills there. Um, and she was cooking a couple times, and it was, like, making me a little bit nervous, uh, just how fast she was going she's towards a, she's an intersection. a downhill cyclist. The li- well, no, the older one oh, is. The this older is one. the little oh, one. Oh, and okay. so, uh, man, uh, the street scares me more than, than off-road. Like, sure, she, you're going slower typically. But um, anyway, um it was good. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna stick with the um, th- I'm gonna stick with the family answer. Uh, I had I had more fun with the friends and the family last week, even though my favorite thing in the world is to go to snowshoe and ride. Is something about like I said, cruising with your friends. Simple. Okay. It was right. uh, simple. It was fun. <clears throat> I so can I can respect. That. I'm gonna go with that. I can respect. That. I and bet it, you it, weren't it, thinking I would give you that answer. I did not think you would say that, since you're kind of wired for that. You know, downhill experience. It was different. It was uh, it was just a different experience. So okay, I loved it. Okay, I got that. And then uh, real quickly, the e-bike demos. That was yeah. I wanted to go with you on that, but you scheduled it while I'm on the news. Yeah. Now he he asked you to rearrange your entire (laughs) life and the shop's entire life so that you can accommodate me. Well, there's good news because I still have those demos. Oh, you do? Yeah. So uh, we can we can arrange something. So Um, that was the specialized. Which yeah, so uh, that? so we had our good friend Dave uh, come down from Specialized, and yeah. he brought a insanely packed van full of Specialized Levos. This is the full power bike. Yeah, um, and it was just a uh, so we work with Specialized, and we just try to you know they're doing this. We don't have to pay them to have this happen. They do this um, to just increase ridership and mm-hmm. uh, you know shop participation and um so it was something that we could take advantage of and um so yeah that's why we planned it um like guess you know my job as rider experience manager is designed to give more people time on bikes and enjoying the ride of whatever yeah. type of bike it is and this time it just happened to be the specialized levo so who showed up to ride the e-bikes what, so ca- what kind of what profile of rider the first night um, so we had two nights. The first night um, was open to the, the public. Um, anybody could come and just grab a bike. The second night was kind of scheduled. Um, on the first night, it was every level of rider, I would say. Um, we had from literally beginner, I've not ridden an e-bike, to uh, like absolute ripper, like goes to the park mm-hmm. regularly, rides 
three plus times a week. Like we had them all. Um, and it was really fun. And uh, it, Abby was there as well. And it was fun to see the the smile on people's face from expert to beginner because they were all they were on on the same playing field when they were going up the mountain it's the great equalizer it was is absolutely the great equalizer so yeah. it was cool i don't i don't know if you you were actually so i kind of hung in the back abby was riding with most of the folks up front what did you think i thought it was absolutely fantastic well you i know you would but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right i think i mean both nights everybody said they had just a amazing time like this is the most fun i've had riding a bike kind of comments um because it really is like you're going uphill and you're just giggling like a child yeah it it does it brings the the kind of kid out in you because it, it you're not struggling up anything or even if you're an elite athlete it's not a work it's not work um well depending on how you set it all those things sure um these these folks were they were kids and uh there's something fun about that. You, you go up and you see them laughing and giggling about riding up the mountain and not sweating. Right. This is this is Mill Mountain. This is Mill Mountain. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a legit mountain. It, yeah. I, I, you if know. if you've been here, if you haven't, it's uh, you know it's 700, 800 feet. You're going to gain from the the river, and it's not an easy seven or eight hundred feet. It's rocky. It's choppy, and um, it's pretty sharp. Like the the train goes up pretty quick. So. So what trail did you take them up? Um, so we did a route that we typically do on our Wednesday night mullet ride. Yeah. And that is to go um, along the greenway and you're going to take an alleyway actually. It, it sounds worse than it is. I, but it's I a, know that alley. It's yes, an alley okay. that goes up um, and it probably gains what? 200 feet? Something yeah. like that. 150 yeah. feet. It's yeah. pretty steep. Yeah. Um, but we went that way because a lot of the folks have been on our ride before and it was like, hey, you know what this feels like. Why don't you, you know, you can see what it feels like on a on an e-bike and so they just blasted up the the alley um and then we turn and we actually went up monument which is a long continuous climb it is pretty steady as far as the terrain or the profile of the the trail goes but the terrain does change there's very rocky bits there's a couple real punchy sections but it's it's consistent and so it was nice to have people riding the bike off-road on a trail that has a little bit of everything mm-hmm and then we went all the way up Ridgeline up to the top. Uh, we all hung out at the star for a minute. Um, Which is the big neon star at the, the top. The big of the neon star at the right. top. We Just had in case people were listening outside the viewing, yep. uh, the, the listening, the immediate area. Yeah, yes. we had somebody celebrating a birthday, and they were very excited about everything that was going on um, at the star. It was pretty funny. Anyway, and then we, uh, we started heading back down the mountain, and... Um, what did we do? We did uh, Ridgeline to Sidewander to, and then we threw in Virginia Pine, mm-hmm. and then we came all the way out the other end because we could. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, it was a blast. So, okay. Yeah. Right. And we were still here probably 20 minutes or more, like, faster than we would normally be, and we really did take our time in some spots, like, just hung out and talked. Yeah. So it was cool. Mm. Fun time. That's right. what's in so store you, for so you. I so can't wait. Gonna, I, so you're going to take me yeah. on a ride? Yeah. All right. Well, okay. we like we need to talk and schedule this out. We always say it, but I'll, like after the show, when the mics are off, we'll schedule this out. Okay, no, I'm in. So we don't have I'm any followers. Uh, like I'm totally in. Maybe we can each wear a microphone and we can podcast we while can, we're uh, <laughs> e-biking. I'm, wi- I'm willing to try. Okay, <laughs> all right, that sounds good. Yeah. So um, I have talked a lot, but um, I see on the show flow here, uh, uh-huh. you've been doing some riding while I've been vacationing. Well, and my riding and vacationing are. 
are also part of, you know. So, so I did uh, a thing called the Farm to Fork Fondo. Mm. And there's a series of these all over. I've done them in Vermont. I've done them in the Hudson Valley. And, and they, it's a group that puts together these fondos, and they're really great. So I did a, a three-day weekend where we sort of downloaded a couple of the GPS maps, my wife Mary and I, uh, and went out and did some of the shorter rides. And then we did we did the big ride. And this was was in Chestertown, Maryland. Um, and this is a great ride if you love wheat fields, <laughs> right? <laughs> Got it. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of rolling terrain. Okay. And but the, you know, the first day the team was like, "Wow, look at these big fields! Look at these big fields!" Well, then it just never ends, uh, which is its own kind of beauty, right? But I'm, you know, I'm used to riding in the mountains yep. here. Um, but it was it was really well done. The thing about Chestertown, Maryland, and the weekend that we were there is you've heard of the Boston Tea Party, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, in Chestertown, which is also on this tidal river coming out of the Chesapeake Bay, um, they also had a tea party back in the day. Really? And now they have a festival to celebrate that. And it is a huge street festival. Really? Really well done. Interesting. Yeah. And so we happened to hit it on festival weekend. So when we weren't riding, we were going down looking at all the stuff that the vendors had and so forth. Of course, yeah. I had to buy a T-shirt, which is kind of cool. But the, the main part of the festival is a reenactment of the tea party. And they have people in the full colonial dress. They have British soldiers and they have colonial soldiers. Cool. And they are they line up in the street and they fire muskets at each other. Oh and gosh. the Americans slowly overtake the British and then they make their way down to the harbor, they throw and then the they, tea go, in. they go out in a rowboat where there is an actual tall ship. Yeah, and they get on the ship where they have a mock fight, and they overtake the British, and they take all these boxes of tea and throw them in the harbor. I bet there's somebody who has a job of planning this every year, and that's oh, like their be. gig. Gotta be it's right. Got, oh yeah, because it was. They're they're all miked. They're standing on barrels. They're having this debate in the town square. Wow! You know, and That's we're cool. standing there holding our beer, watching them. You know, but um, it was yeah, it was just really really well done. That is that's so, cool. I, I you know I, to me bicycle tourism is fun. I and Mary yeah. and I will travel several times a year to yeah. these types of of events, and we you know we we pulled into town and it's, we're seeing all these signs for tea party parking, and we're thinking. Oh, we this hit a poli- we hit a political rally <laughs> yeah, right. this weekend because we had no idea what the tea party. Well, we were there for the bike ride, uh, and then we quickly found out what was going on. That's and, cool. That's know, always so. a pleasant surprise right. when there's something like that right. going it, you know, on. That's what, cool. And and the bike riding was phenomenal. The farm before okay. Fonda was phenomenal. We went to the starting and ending place was a restaurant. It was a family. The guy was a. Um, uh, he was an archaeologist. I was jumping ahead to the better part of the story. He took his family to Africa, and they are drinking this concoction of animal blood and oh, milk. No. Oh, no. Yes. What? Like, you see, them, they make them do this on some of the shows. Oh, you know? my yeah. God. And, so, and, and he talks about how he had this experience and how his, he felt so much better and so forth and so on. He's not a wacko because I met him. I talked to him. But to hear, to read his cookbook where he talks about this. Does he put animal would, blood and things? He does not, okay. but they make everything from scratch at this restaurant. Oh, man. I mean, they made this places. lasagna where they had butchered the hog there in the restaurant. Oh, man. They made their own sourdough noodles there in the restaurant. Oh, I my mean, gosh. it was really, really... So you talk about a farm-to-fork experience. Okay, would um, you mind saying the name of the restaurant? I'm I, interested. I will put a link in the show notes. Great. I don't remember the name of the restaurant. Oh, okay. Um, 
because I can't even remember archaeology. Right. So, I'll, I'll hit um, the uh, I'll but, hit the show notes because we'll I'm a, interested. Yeah, it was. But yeah, it's a really real, and the food was amazing. It was amazing. Hey, you're listening to the Rider Up podcast with John Carlin and Dan Lucas, presented by Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge, and we are recording at Cardinal Bicycles Grandin Village location in Roanoke, Virginia. So, Dan, can I tell you about Gravel Camp? Please do, because I wasn't there. <laughs> Yeah, what? Uh, because you know we talk on this podcast a lot about gravel riding. Yeah. So it, because I'm essentially a, a bad road cyclist, and Dan is a very good downhill mountain biker, and gravel seems to be maybe where our interests would it, meet. It does. And and so we're we're not doing. Um, we have not reached a lot of conclusions about the allure of gravel cycling, except <laughs> we know that it's there. It's there. Right. Yeah. So Cardinal is sponsoring a series of four rides called Gravel Camp. Correct. And I am rocking the You're Gravel wearing Camp the shirt. t-shirt. Looks good. Because I went to day one, yep. which was in Bedford County, uh, hosted at a place called the Peaks Retreat and Adventure Center. Which that place I, is great. I did not know that was yeah, there. I'd never been there before. Evidently, it was, uh, it was maybe purchased or acquired by somebody else in the not so you know distant past here. Right. And, um, they put a bunch of money into it, and it's really nice. Yeah, it had been a Woodman of the World ah, retreat. Okay, so the building was there, the yeah. infrastructure, the, the like. They the redid park everything. Area was there, but now they've redone it. Yeah, it's great. It's so wow, it's really the, really the they cool. have a bunch of there's a this like sitting area fire pit area and they have a bunch of adirondack chairs and solo stoves mm -hmm. and it is like this beautiful view out you can see like ridges in the distance and i was like i just want to come here and sit down it's not too far from my house it's probably 30 minutes from my house right um, and i live in blue ridge so it's not too far away but uh i'm looking for another event there it, it looked it looked like a good time well you you pull in and then you drive on a gravel road to get there yeah. for a mile or two miles yeah. i don't recall but it was it was just really nice and yeah. so uh, uh cardinal did did a great job they you know lunches and so forth and and there were rides of uh several distances uh i did the shortest one because i had time commitments later on in the day but it turned out that was it was like a 20 mile ride 21 mile ride and that was the most popular choice mm. among the riders who were there that day which kind of kind of surprised me one one woman did show up on a comfort bike i mean this was even among greenway bikes it was yeah. you guys sell them but um she was overmatched right uh, and, and she didn't realize what she was signing up for um uh, even though it was a very gentle yeah. ride no drops yeah. that kind of thing um but anyway, uh, most people just chose that shorter ride. Uh, some people did the 40-mile yeah. distance, I want to say. Yeah. Um, but it was just very, very well done. Gorgeous, gorgeous scenery. Much, we, better, much better than Wheatfields. Yeah, we got to um, give Karen a shout-out for yeah. that because she's the one that's designed the gravel camp. Um, the whole program, all the rides, um, planning like what you're eating, what you're getting, all those things. And she's done an, an incredible job, really. Um, I... I'm, I wasn't at that one. I'm not going to be at the one tomorrow, but I'm hoping to be at one of the the gravel camps um, mm -hmm. to. That's I'll the do a short ride. The overnight camp. Uh, yeah, I'll probably. Yeah, I'm going to try well, to. We'll yeah, see. I don't know if you're going to stay overnight. Yeah, but, but just I'm to let try listeners to know that there's a two day event there is. with an overnight stay. Yeah, so I'm going to try to be at that and try to, or at least ride on one of them. Um, it will be my first real gravel ride. 
So I'm wow. gonna I'm gonna attempt it uh, at some point. I gotta figure out a bike first. Um, here I think I I think I have a lead on one I can borrow, and we'll give it a. Oh, you have one. Oh, Abby's pointing the, at herself. We're in a bike <laughs> shop where both of you guys work. You can't find a bike. I mean, I don't want to take a brand new one and get it all dirty. You so don't? I mean, I do, but <laughs> is that a wise choice? Uh, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> occupationally, no, uh-huh. probably not. Probably not. But um, I'm going to find a bike. I'm, I'm going to find one and ride at some point. So Just I'm looking forward it, to doing call it. Call it a demo, Dan. You know, I got to demo this bike. I I, got, the, if I'm going to sell this see, bike, how can I not, if I haven't ridden it, how can I know about you, it? You joke, but I could probably arrange it. But anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going to okay. be the the moral of the story is I'm going to be there at one of these. Well, let me just say plan. this. Uh, so so I really enjoyed Gravel Camp. I am participating as we're recording. There's another one tomorrow yep. in Floyd County, Virginia, yep. and so I'll be I'll be doing that one with my wife Mary. Uh, and I do want to let everybody know that there's some really cool pictures if you if you're intrigued from day one, and that's on the Cardinal Bicycle website. There'll be a link in the show notes. But while I was out there, of course, the journalist in me comes through, so I'm interviewing. You can't people. help it. I can't help it. Um, so I interviewed several people, uh, and we've got the audio from those interviews. Um, and because I did a vlog, and the, so you can, if you want, you can see the longer version of that, and and see me riding and talking and. Um, you know, which is enjoyable at any level. Laugh, 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 laugh. I, I, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, like is I, he I serious? was thinking yeah. about how uh-huh. I could get, keep my hand off the handlebar long enough to turn my phone on and talk. You know, I've gotten where I can actually do this. So anyway, I was vlogging and talking, but let's listen in a little bit to hear what some of these people said about why they like gravel so much. This is very short, but just a, just a brief snippet of the folks that I talked to. While we were out at gravel camp number one, I talked with three riders and also the ride organizer, Whit Ellerman, who is the owner of Cardinal Bicycle. But we'll be hearing in order from Brayon Fraction, Dan Frith, and Cody Riley. Let's listen. All right, my name is Brayon. I'm last name Fraction. I'm like math. I go by Bree. Um, I love the challenge of gravel riding. I got into it just under a year ago. And I mean, it's one of my favorite things now alongside with mountain biking. I'm in a mental health field, so this is really relief and therapeutic for me. Um, I started doing this on riding in a really rough time in my life. And when I got out here, man, I just felt so much liberation and freedom. It's just a brilliant thing, man. (laughs) It's a brilliant thing to have this for us to um, appreciate and and give back to. It's just amazing. Dan Frith. I'm 66 and this is a wonderful, wonderful ride today on Saturday. I am changing over from road bike riding to gravel bike riding and this is my first organized uh, gravel bike ride. Wow, what made you want to change? Safer. (laughs) I've ridden, I've done road bikes for maybe 10 or 12 years and just decided with my wife's strong encouragement maybe I ought to consider uh, gravel. Well, just being outside and being in this part of the country, it's just it's great to be outside. Um, the one difficulty I'm having is downhill with speed on loose gravel. I'm not yet real comfortable with that, but the climbing obviously is the same and the, the handling for the most part is the same. But so it hadn't been too hard of a transition except for loose gravel downhill going at higher speeds. And I see you're wearing essentially road bike apparel. Did you have to think through that at all? No. This is the same stuff. I mean, I, I ride all road bike all the time, so I wasn't gonna go out and buy any new stuff until I decided it was for me. Okay, so for you, gravel is just road biking on gravel. Correct. Cody Riley. Oh, I just, I enjoy riding bikes and 
being on gravel, being on dirt, uh, those are my favorite. Well, I'm out here looking for some fun groups to ride with, and uh, I saw that Cardinal had this group ride, so I thought I'd try some gravel out here with the gang. Awesome. Now, why not just ride your road bike? Because I don't have a road bike. <laughs> I got a gravel bike, and it does it all. So, what? What? Uh, why schedule a ride like this? Like, what's the whole purpose of what's going on today? few reasons the first one's community great opportunity to just get people together and get out and ride bikes um, bring people out here to a part of Bedford where folks don't get to ride a whole lot folks mostly riding in the city or closer to the city and then so many people wanting to ride gravel to get off of main roads um, it's just a great opportunity to bring people out and show them remote back roads where they can ride and feel a little safer away from traffic and see some beautiful things and be together on a great spring day. Um, we're seeing a lot of people, again, wanting to ride gravel bikes just because they want to get off of the main roads. Um, and it puts you out in some more scenic rural places, so you get to see different things than maybe a, a busier road and closer to the city. It takes much different gear, which can be intimidating to people, but really most um, most gravel bikes are just road bikes with slightly wider tires. And, and for roads like we're riding today, you can ride just about anything, whether it's a true gravel bike or a flat bar hardtail mountain bike. Um, but really the whole idea is um, sort of the idea of camp, right? That, you know, you get out, you spend some time maybe doing something a little bit different than, than your normal routine, um, meet some fun people, and uh, wait for the truck. Yeah. So our gravel camp um, highlights some of our great gravel roads in three different counties. We'll do the first one here in Bedford County, and the second will be in Floyd County, and then the last in July will be in Craig County. So thank you to those folks. And, and so there's a, there's a cross-section. Like you and I have hypothesized that gravel is kind of there where road biking meets mountain biking. And, and one guy said that mountain biking was too slow for him because he's a cross-country rider. Mm -hmm. And another guy said he likes road riding, but he's getting older. Mm -hmm. And his wife had decided that he probably shouldn't be out playing in the traffic. Right. You know? I got to talk to that guy that says it's too slow. Too slow? He, well, he's not following. He needs to follow me down the right trail. Uh -huh. He won't be saying that. Yeah, he'll be, he, <laughs> if he follows you, he'll have a sudden stop when he hits the tree. <laughs> We'll so, see about that. Now, okay. um, that, 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 that's awesome. It is, a, it is a really interesting to see. It's like, this is a cliche term, but it's totally a melting pot of people that yeah. uh, go to gravel. It and is. Uh, it's like the, it's the one we can all agree on, I guess, is what it feels like. You know, like, It's really my happy place. Yeah, I, that, I've heard so many people say that yeah. the very same thing. They're like, oh, you know, I like mountain biking. I like road biking. But gravel, man, that's the most fun. I love that. It's, we're riding along, and there was a pasture next to us, and this whole herd of cows starts running along beside us. <laughs> like, and this goes on for half a mile. That's wild. And it was just cool. That's cool. It was, yeah, you know, I'd look over and I'm, and, and at that point I'm trying to fumble and get my phone out and get pictures of the cows running beside me. And, um, I finally stopped the bicycle and <laughs> got pictures of the cows, if, which is in the vlog. But I mean, um, it was just cool. Yeah. If I show yeah. up, it's not going to be in Lycra. I'm going to have easy access to my phone out of a real pocket. Uh huh. Plan. Okay. You're going to like, everybody's going to look at me, but I don't, I don't do the like. I have the you bibs don't, underneath, you don't do but I don't do it. I do okay. the bibs underneath right? my baggies, but right. I'm just not wired that way. I'm well, gonna show up. Well, I, I will tell you, the field was split fifty-fifty. Oh yeah, on whether they were wearing baggy shorts or lycra. Okay, it was a more 50 -50 my people split. All right, so my people. because people who were trying to figure out this gravel thing. Yeah, you know. So I'm, I'm going to try to figure it out. <laughs> There you go. All right. So speaking of gravel, uh, Unbound Gravel, the big race in Kansas, yeah. was just 
what, two weeks ago, I think, as we are talking, thereabouts. Three, three weeks, weeks ago. It was three weeks ago. Tom's wow. giving us the correct. Time Time flies when you're riding gravel. And I just want to <laughs> give a shout out because Kerry Warner has been on this podcast. Yeah, great he guy. lives here locally. He came in 23rd overall, and he has done a post on his YouTube channel, which we'll have a link for. Um, but one of the things, you know, the thing that I didn't realize about gravel is how, how important drafting is, just like it is on the road. Really? And he was riding in the front group, and his seat post went down about two inches. Oh, He no. hit a bump. His seat post went down. He stopped to fix it. Over 200, and that was fairly early in the race. Okay. He never did catch that front group. Man. Again. Like, once they're gone, they're gone. They're gone. And so he never did get back on, but he did finish 23rd overall, and he's racing elite men. So that is, uh, that's pretty amazing. But he did a whole review of the race. He wore a camera for the whole race, and so when he does his review of the race on his YouTube channel, um, it's it's really well fleshed out with um, videos, and he shows how many watts he was doing at certain parts of the race. He went in and grabbed his statistics and so forth. And, wow. Um, that's know, cool. So, he, so he's maintaining... 200 plus watts over 200 miles it's like my peak right yeah it's like i tried to do it on the peloton for 10 minutes you know i can't i don't have a watts meter on my on any of my bikes so i don't know yeah i don't don't have a a power meter so um but anyway so he he did really well and i would say that you know because he's he's a local guy and he's been on the podcast um yeah we we just want to continue to support him and then uh, a local guy owns another bike shop Mm -hmm. no but but I know, you know, I know him. Yeah. He's a good dude. Ron, Ron yeah. Klasinski yeah. uh, came in first, men 50 to 54, yeah. and uh, 19th overall. Yeah, he's a, yeah, Ron's a, he is an athlete he's for sure. He's yeah. been an athlete for as long as I have known him. He has been putting out, like, really good results on his, his races, whatever well, He was a doing. D1 track guy. Right. I want to say Penn State when I he was in college. I don't know that. Don't, I'm not sure about that, okay, but yeah, um, yeah, fantastic athlete for sure. Um, I've I've known him for a long time, and yeah. uh, he he did it with the clown head on his uh, bike and everything. Of course, of he course did. he did. Yeah, <laughs> that stupid clown head. But anyway, he knows he knows what I think of the clown head. Um, but anyway, so we want to give a shout out. But now um, Abby Snyder is here with us. Uh, as I remind everybody that you are listening to the Rider Up podcast presented by Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge. And uh, Dan, do you want to uh, tell people, Abby's been on the podcast before, but why don't you why don't you give Abby Abby's bio to people so they know what an awesome oh, rider they're listening okay, to. Okay, I don't know. I don't have all the details, but let's uh, I'm going to give it a shot. So, yeah, Abby, um she came and started working at Cardinal in 2021. Yeah, 2021. I got that. Um and um came from Illinois, Indiana. Indiana. One of those mid country i states <laughs> i'm not doing well so far <laughs> okay. anyway but um it's funny because i met abby and i was like oh yeah she's a school teacher she's coming in she she does some bike racing and i didn't understand the level of commitment that abby had to um the sport of cycling and so since then um has been working hard has been racing uci races did the snowshoe world cup um just recently and we'll talk about this in a minute came back from columbia um for marathon uh nationals pan american pan america championship yep um 
And so anyway, she works with us here at Cardinal. Uh, we're really lucky to have her um, at the shop here. And uh, many of the people on the podcast, I'm sure, have talked to Abby or had the pleasure of talking to her um, here in the shop or on a ride or whatever. So anyway, it's good to have you back. Thanks. <laughs> so, Abby, uh, let's just start with the obvious question because you're sitting here with your leg up on a chair and it managed pretty heavily to hide all the stitches underneath. And uh, this is your second significant crash of the year. So let's start with the first one. What happened most recently? You're racing in Columbia and? Yes. Um, racing in Columbia for the Pan American Championship last weekend. And four miles into the race decided that it was a good idea to go really hot into a gravel corner and just completely slid out um on my left side and that was the knee that i had previously injured like a month and a half before so it was healed on the outside i'm not sure that it was healed on the inside and it split wide open um so wide open like you're looking down and seeing tendons and it, I mean, things, kinda, things you don't want to see it's kind of gross to look at or think about but yes like giant flap of skin and definitely super deep and so at the time you're about in the top 10 when you slide out four miles and have four miles into a how many mile race uh i think it was about 44 miles in total um okay. yeah and somewhere in the top 10 when i slid out and kind of like gathered myself and gathered my bike and managed to mime that I needed bandages or tape or something. <laughs> who to wrap who my shows leg. up with that stuff? <laughs> no one immediately, but there was um, some passing spectators on a motorcycle and that's who I was like miming to as they're uh -huh. like trying to ask me in Spanish if I need help and mm -hmm. I don't speak Spanish. So I'm trying to tell them in English that I want to keep riding, but mm -hmm. I definitely need to like bandage my leg f for that to happen. Is there a lot of blood at this point? Yeah. So the people on the motorcycle are like, this, <laughs> this is a, a person a person in distress, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, they, they definitely, I mean, I was still picking myself up as they came along. Okay. So they, they knew I'd crashed. Um, as it turned out, like they didn't have anything with them, but they like continued on to the aid station that was probably like five miles further down the race course. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to keep riding like oh. i didn't <laughs> like i couldn't just stay there yeah um, so your knee is still functional then because it doesn't look very enough. functional right now <laughs> it, <laughs> it was functional enough and okay. i think like in the moment there's enough shock and adrenaline that yes. you yeah oh yeah kind of just push through yeah um so yeah like a few more miles down the road the on course first aid people had hopped on a motorcycle and they had come to meet me and flagged me down um, and I was really, really impressed. Um, mm -hmm. They had like everything they needed to like somewhat clean it and then like fully bandaged it. Um, and they did all that while I was like making sure my bars were completely straight and then like getting ready to ride again. So if it hadn't been for them, I definitely wouldn't have been able to keep riding the whole race. So you were, were you actually on like a, a gravel road at that point? Not on, not on a single track? Yeah. So the course actually was kind of interesting in that it was almost entirely like gravel and forest roads. Mm. There was probably a hundred meters of single track oh, man, in total. Nothing. Yeah. Okay. And this is the, what, what the marathon? Marathon race? mountain bike. Yeah. Okay. So what is, what defines a marathon mountain bike? 
the marathon part is kind of based on time so usually like finish times are estimated to be like three to four hours in most cases okay um and then mountain bike i would have expected a lot more single track Um, yeah but i've heard that with marathon races internationally like it does tend to be more gravel than we see in similar races in the u.s Hmm. could you have ridden then maybe a gravel bike or would that not have been enough bike for the terrain it would have been really rough, I think, on a gravel yeah. bike. Okay. Um, the yeah. other rider from the U.S. and I kind of debated whether, like, we would have preferred hardtails. Uh-huh. Um, but even there, we're like, I mean, we could do it on a hardtail for sure, but I think it would beat you up a bit more. Yeah, how how, how was the gravel on the road? Was it, like, you know, was this backcountry road or was this, like, uh, a nice graded gravel road? More backcountry yeah. road. Yeah. yeah, so definitely <laughs> not your smooth Water ruts gravel. and stuff like that. Like, yeah, you probably don't want to. A right. gravel bike right. for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so, there's some crazy people here that might do it. Right. But so, so now why, can I ask why Columbia? Other than that's where the race was? That's where the race was? That's where the race was. <laughs> okay. So, so this is part of a series? This was, I mean, this was races? the championship for Pan America. So North, okay. South, Central America. That was like the championship race for Marathon Mountain Bike. And how did you qualify for said race? Um, in the U.S., it's kind of based on a, like, discretionary process by USA Cycling. So I had put my name into the hat of people who was interested in going and was selected. Wow. So. And you actually did very well despite your crash. I got 14th, which I was really happy I mean, with. If you were if you were <laughs> running top 10, had right. a crash that bad, and then still got 14th, like, that's saying something for sure. So were you picking people off on after your crash? I, it took me a minute, but I, yeah, I slowly caught up to people, um, kind of That's most of the way through the race was catching people. And I think top 10 was only eight minutes ahead. So man, I was within it's, striking distance. It's, it's a bummer, <laughs> but it's still impressive to be able to do that after a, a wreck. Cause you know, you get when, and I've been in the situation, obviously not in a, a race that length, but um, gone down, you get up and you have to, I mean, literally you got seconds to figure out, like I'm, I've done it in a downhill race, tried to get my bike up, see if the bars are straight. Is my arm or knee or whatever working? It doesn't hurt too bad. And you go and to it, there's so many things going on. It, it's, it's tough. So, but you, you still had, I mean, this is a marathon. Yeah. That's the beginning of the marathon. So you had a long way to go. So congratulations uh yeah for your for your success and your fortitude but <laughs> right yeah for sure well i, I want to also though touch on the fact that she just did this one in columbia and then you're flying to scotland ireland scotland scotland i was right in august in august for the um this is the uh, is it the marathon world, world championship Cup. yeah world yeah. championship yeah and you think that because looking at you now, it doesn't look like you could ride across the street. And yet in August, which this is late June, you feel like you'll be back on the bike and able to compete? Yeah. Um, I just actually passed off my registrations for uh, cross-country nationals, which is in like two and a half weeks, um, because the estimate at this point is that I'll be able to start riding in about two weeks. Um, but... Based on the fact that in April, the end of April, I basically did this exact same injury and a month and a half later was able to perform a performance I'm really happy with at Pan Am's. 
Um, I think that with about another month and a half of riding and training before Worlds, I should be ready to go, (laughs) hopefully. Okay. All right. There's some apprehension there, but right. I mean, it's only the you got to do your best. So right? <laughs> you, you already, you already bought the ticket. You might as well go. Well, you know? not. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right. Like you're, you're, you right. got invited. You I'm got on the, the team. I'm on, you're as on well the team. Do my, show up and do my best. Yeah. It, so. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's going to be what it is. Like whether your leg is a hundred percent ready or not, it it's, there's no way you should miss that sort of uh, opportunity for sure. And then, um, and then after that, you're going to be back in the States and next thing is snowshoe world cup. Um, so it's kind of back to back. The U S marathon national championship is one weekend. And then about four days later is the snowshoe (laughs) world cup. Cup. And you'll do, you're attempting to do both. That's the plan. Where's the, where's the U S national Auburn, Alabama. Weird. Okay. I didn't even know they had trails there, which maybe shows my ignorance. I bet but it's pretty sandy, so I maybe if you go down, it won't hurt as bad. Yeah, well, that could, that, you know, we've got that yeah. going for us, right? <laughs> we'll find uh, out. So yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. man, that's a lot of racing in a short time. In the So you're going <laughs> to, are you driving? <laughs> you flying to, for, to Auburn? The plan is to carpool with Ooh. Steve, who also oh, works right here on. at Cardinal. Cool. Okay. Um, Good. So carpool and then get back here to Roanoke and then come right up to snowshoe head right up to snowshoe. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's going to be a good weekend too. the snowshoe world cup. I, I plan to do a, do a recap of the snowshoe world cup if possible. Um, yeah, that week, it should be pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be great. You need to come. You need to get up. I need to, maybe I could find a way to cover it for the TV station. You could interview all kinds of people. The the pits, um, and for anybody listening to, um, it is one of the best. So cycling, one more thing about cycling that's better than just about every other, um, you know, major sporting community is that, you know, you go to a football game, you can maybe give like a player a high five or whatever, or maybe get a, an, an autograph. Um, with cycling, you can walk up to the cyclist, especially with downhill. It's just the access seems so easy. You can just walk up to whoever it is. It could be Loic Baruni, um, who is like multiple time world champion, or um, Omri Piron, or Aaron Gwynn, or Dakota Norton, or any of these guys. <clears throat> and you can say, hey, I'm a fan. Can I have a photo, can I ask you a question or whatever? And they're the just most down-to-earth people I've ever met in the mm-hmm. cycling community. It is mm-hmm. so cool. So like, I urge everybody to try and make it to one of these races at some point. I've been to every Snowshoe World Cup that they've hosted there, and every single time it is so much fun. And you just, like, you're walking through the village, and you like, Steve Pete's walking through, who is, like, an icon of the sport, mm-hmm. and you, like, hold out your fist, and Steve Pete gives you a fist pump. It's like, it's the, nowhere else will you get stuff like that. It's really cool. So, um that's my spiel. You should all come. Uh, if you really want to have a fantastic weekend of cycling, you get, uh, you get cross country, you get a short track cross country race, you Mm -hmm. get downhill, all the practices, the finals. Um, I think it's a Saturday final too, which is awesome. So some people, if you're trying to like see something cool, you can see the Saturday final, um, enjoy some time in the village and then go home and you can still be home for, you know, work on Monday. Sunday is the, uh, that is the cross country race, which is fantastic. And then when your race is on like Thursday, it's like or Wednesday, Wednesday, I think. Yeah. like Wednesday before everything else. Yeah. Starts. It's a cra- it's, it's, so it's this huge festival. Like it's like five or six days. So, 
uh, not sponsored, but you should go. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it sounds absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, so that's snowshoes. So good luck. Hopefully the leg holds up. Right. Yeah. And uh, Abby is going to uh, is going to continue to talk here uh, as we finish out the out the podcast. But if people want to follow you on Instagram, it is Abby dot ride fierce ride fierce and ride fierce is sort of your mantra. Yeah. Your name, your yeah. I don't know, but so brand when, brand. There you go. When, when we think of ride fierce, we think of Abby Snyder. Yeah, well, um, are you going to get any more? Are you going to do any another jersey order? I don't know. Oh, they, so if you know. have one now, they're hard <laughs> to come by. Yeah. We, uh, but um, uh, Starlight Apparel does her jerseys. They're mm-hmm. really good-looking uh, red jerseys, the Rod Fierce jersey. Okay. So if you do another one, you got to let us know. We'll put it. Make sure it's on here if people wanted to support. And you will. Th- you're directly helping Abby compete and do the things that she like. Go to these races and buy the parts and you know manage her, her stuff. So um, that would be super cool of you. Yeah, yep. And you're and you're doing all this on a working in a bike shop budget. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 well, <laughs> uh-huh. you, you, uh, if you want to talk about your uh, your current gig too, your new gig. Yeah. So for the summer, I have an, a fellowship. Um, through Women in Sports Tech, and I'm oh, nice. interning with the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee on their performance innovation team. So basically, doing data analysis um, with the U.S. Olympic Committee, which is which is crazy, super wow. cool. Yeah, super <laughs> that is cool. So when you're analyzing the data, what are you looking at? The stuff that I'm looking at, or the project that I'm working on currently, has to do with they have basically created a model that predicts how athletes in various sports like across the different olympic disciplines are likely to perform at the next olympics so like what medal or what what athletes are most likely to earn a medal um that's crazy and so that's kind of just I'm based not, on their on their data based on their they're... like prior performances so okay. it's based on like competition data are you looking at watts or or what do you look at i'm not looking at anything like that uh-huh. like uh, like that close of a view, everything uh-huh. I'm looking at is much more big picture. Okay. Um, and kind of just dealing with that model that creates those probabilities and kind of refining that. Um, but it's still super interesting. Yeah. That sounds fascinating. How's the U S looking right now? I couldn't even answer that couldn't question. Honestly, early, <laughs> yeah, early? like okay. I, I've not looked at it in that, okay. from that perspective. Right. Can I, can I just mention the Tour de France really quick? What's since that? we're talking about that. What are you talking about? <laughs> There is this big bike race <laughs> that happens in a country called France. Maybe you've heard of it. I don't know. Freedom fries. No, I'm just joking. I'm just no, joking. Know, yeah, the Tour de France. The Tour de France is coming up. No, and, and so I've been, uh, I'm a Tour de France nerd going back to the Lance Armstrong days before he was discredited um, because I was a huge fan mm-hmm. um, very early on and watched I got to watching the Tour de France, and now I watch it every year. Like, July is mine. Yeah. Do not bother me mornings in July because I'm watching every minute of every stage of the Tour de France. I can't help it. But this year, there's two guys. It's a two-man race, basically, barring crashes and injuries between uh, Jonas Vingegaard, who won last year, and Tadej Pogacar, who won the two years before that. Wow, I would not have, uh, I would not have pronounced it Those, that way. <laughs> yeah, well, see, so... You, you're you're rolling these mountain bike guys yeah. off the tip oh, of yeah. your tongue, sure. and, and those are not familiar names to me necessarily. Um, but anyway, the, the biggest question right now is who's going to get third? 
because mm. it's it, it, it Vingegaard kind of showed up there. His big story is he was he was working in a fish factory and discovered he had some talent for cycling That's and moved crazy. up, moved up, moved up, moved up. You know, and now he's in his twenties. And he's the best in the world. So anyway, that's that's pretty interesting. I thought um, the big question was whether you had watched the Netflix docu series oh. that just came out. I, I've been told to watch Unchained. it. Yes. Yeah. So I have not watched it yet because I'm like I'm going to start watching it this week. <laughs> Tom is a guest. Tom's right? horrified. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but it looks amazing. It looks amazing. Have you watched it? I watched Abby? the first. Two episodes, two episodes last night, yeah. And was it good? Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I watched all the trailers. And, well, honestly, the power's out of my house. So I had a golden opportunity last night. My wife was babysitting for one of my grandkids. And I thought, I'm going to go home after the 6 o'clock news, and I'm going to watch episode one. Could have watched because, it on your phone, I guess. Well, yeah. I it would have been at work for that. But anyway, so oh. I, I get home. There's no power, da 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 yeah. So I, I want to watch it on the big screen. No, I want yeah. to take I it you. in. So... Anyway, um, I did not. I have not watched it, and I did not watch it last night. But it is totally on my radar, and I'm very excited about it. And, and so you, you, you liked it. It was good. I did. I did. Yeah, it's really, really well done. From from based what, on what I've seen in the trailers and all all the reviews. You're listening to the Rider Up podcast with Dan Lucas. I'm John Carlin. We are presented by Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge, and we hope you will come ride your bicycle here in the Greater Roanoke region in the mountains of Western Virginia. So, Dan, you've got your, your downhill team. I do. And they've had some successes. We've had a, a bunch of success. We've had a, a, a couple of um, unfortunate crashes. But mm-hmm. let me give you the snowshoe update. So um, our, uh, our home mountain is actually uh, Massanutten. That's what we call our home mountain. However, our team, is uh, they love snowshoe. A, a lot of them, um, you know, they go up there every weekend. Or we have uh, parents who have like literally rented uh, a place for them to stay for about like a month or the summer or whatever. So our kids live up there; they love it. So we were expecting pretty good things, and we were it. it we actually got a lot of really good things. So um, we had four podiums. Um, pretty pretty excited about that. Um, they were in Cat Two Three. Um, we had uh, Sam um, got a third. Uh, we had Julie get second place in the ladies. Uh, zero yeah, to, Julie. Uh, zero to 16, I think, or zero to 18. I can't remember what the category is now. They changed it. Um, Camden got a third place. And then I, I am, like, totally blanking. I didn't have the time to look for the last one, so I apologize to any of my kids that are listening. I could not remember who got the um, the other podium. But um, we had another rider, um, Jack, uh, moved up to Cat One at Snowshoe, wow. which is a big jump. Like, I mean, you're on the same uh, course with the pros, um, the elite men. Jack Lenderking. Jack Lenderking. Yep. So he moved up to Cat One. We're real proud of, of Jack. Like, he came in last year, had never raced, did pretty well, like pretty mid pack to upper mid pack last year, and then this year has been winning races, like by a margin it, he got very fast so we're pretty pumped on how he was doing how he's progressing and um he was looking fast at snowshoe he was looking really fast and the course is tough it's a modified course from the actual world cup course that the elite uh men from all over the world are going to be racing on um so he was on some of the same track that they're going to be on uh, slight deviations and unfortunately, he had a bad crash in qualifying. Oh, really? Yeah, he had a he 
he came off the bike pretty bad, um, hit his head. He, he was physically fine other than the fact that he hit his helmet, cracked it. It is a nice carbon racing helmet. It, you know, uh, it's rated for downhill and he, he cracked it. Um, he hit his head hard enough to do that on and a so, rock, a tree. Uh, yeah. On a rock. We yeah. believe we don't know exactly. Um, cause he, he was out for a few seconds, I Ooh. believe. So anyway, he's been checked out. Everything's good. Like, um, he's fine. However, he did, he did get pretty concussed. So, um, uh, healing, healing vibes and thoughts and everything to Jack because, uh, he is a, he's an athlete and he hated to sit out, but he, but he did the right thing and he sat out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was a bummer. And then, um, Henry Owens, who is another one of our cat one racers, um, super proud of him as well. He was looking phenomenal all weekend. He had, he laid down an excellent qualifying run. He was top 10 in the, uh, in cat one of his age group. And then on the race race run, he just had um, he he went down. He had a crash in the lower in lower hairball. Which, if any of you have ridden, you understand how gnarly that section of track is. If you don't understand, please go and watch uh, the Snowshoe World Cup. You can watch the elite riders riding through it, and it's it's insane. Hair, hairball. Hairball is the name of the the, the track. So he went down. Um, luckily, he was uninjured, but um, he was up on the first split. He was top five or six, so he was on a he was on a burner, like super hot lap. Um, and then the second split, because we get the times, so we're, we're able to see the times live most places. And I was watching, and then split two, the time came through when you're like, he should have been there. Tick, 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 tick. He mm. should, anytime he should be there, tick, tick, tick. And then, you know, it was a, a substantial time. And then he came through. He, he ended up finishing, but finishing at the back of the pack. And it was a bummer because, um, because he was on a burner for sure. So, um, you know, overall, um, we're uh, w- not overall, like full stop. We're incredibly proud of all these kids. It's been, um, a pleasure to coach them. We got two more races. We have, uh, Sugar Mountain in July. Don't remember the exact dates. And then we have um, it is a Massanutten is the last race, which is our home mountain. Ooh. So we're we're aiming to do pretty well there too. Um, we like our team likes technical courses over bike park fast courses. Um, our kids are pretty technically savvy, so they like roots and rocks. They love the roots and rocks. Massanutten. Um, I'm. If I was a betting man, I'd put some money down on the kids at Massanutten because they're um, they're looking fast in that rock garden. And once again, if you've been there, it is just it's just like it's silly. You look at it and you're like, I don't. Why do people ride down this? This is ridiculous. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, and um, so we're yeah, we're just fired up. It was a great great team result overall, and a bunch of uh, it was just a great weekend. If you're interested, you have a kid who's interested in downhill, please uh, you can email me rider up pod at gmail.com um you know it's we're always looking for ways to grow the team encourage the team if you're a spot if somebody who wants to sponsor the team out there and you're listening let me know we're we're always looking to make it better give the kids more so okay i have a question for you two very sophisticated riders from me the recreational guy okay fenders on bicycles on a mountain bike? On well, a fender on any bicycle. Good, bad, yes, no, use them, don't use them. Geeky, not geeky. <laughs> <laughs> on a mountain bike, a hundred percent. 
Really? Front, fun, front fun, and back? No, just on the front, like yeah. under the fork. Uh-huh. Um, it protects the fork, but it also keeps the dirt out of your eyes when you're rolling through yeah. wet so, terrain. I, I agree 100%. Um, every single bike that I own has a fender on the front. And uh, if somebody comes in and they're asking me like about an accessory they want or whatever, or, or they're buying a bike, I, with without a doubt, will 100% say this is something you should buy they're relatively cheap they're like you know 26 27 bucks so probably. these are the little short fenders the that kind of yeah. that are plastic bent yeah. plastic yeah. that kind of fit over the they're under the crown they're super simple you can get them in crazy colors or you can get them in black whatever you want um but and they're light enough yeah. i run it on my cross-country race bike yeah like you do yeah it's grams okay. it's a couple grams or whatever and okay. so the the thing as a service technician coming from that side it's it keeps the mud and most most of not all it keeps most mud and debris and dirt off of the wiper seals on the stanchion of the fork and getting junk like mud and debris in that lower leg is what wears the fork faster so if you can reduce that it at all you're going to help the life of your bike um, service interv- intervals will, you know, they should be the, the the same time, but it should be less work or potentially less money because you don't have to replace things that get ground up. It's like sandblasting something. So, okay, that's cool. So, how about a rear fender uh, on a, on a mountain bike? I mean, if you live in like you live somewhere where it's super muddy, like I've seen a bunch of people, you know, like Great Britain or whatever, where you're it's rainy a lot and you gotta you know, it's cold and nasty and stuff. People will put them on, but as a rule, you don't see too many of them. No, yeah. I don't think you do, but you do get the strip of mud up your back. Yep. You get the skunk stripe up mm-hmm. your butt. Yeah. Skunk. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's Dan <laughs> said. Um, so, all right. So, and you guys don't really ride. Abby, do you ever ride a bike that's not a mountain bike? Yeah. I have a, I own a gravel bike. You do? <laughs> that I ride. Okay. I'm going to borrow it. Less and less. Yeah, I'm going to let Dan borrow it so he really? can well, experience with your, gravel. Yeah. With your leg the way it is, that's uh, understandable. But I mean, so would you put fenders on your gravel bike? I don't have tire clearance for fenders. I barely okay. have tire clearance for the tires that are on there. Yeah. Okay. So you're going <laughs> with as wide a tire as you can. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that would be my, I don't know, my uh, caution with their okay. worry about fenders on a gravel bike is uh-huh. that like... If you do get in mud and it chunks up on the tires, then it's just yeah. going to get caught on the fenders. There's a there's a couple bikes that'll clear. So, for example, we have that cutthroat out there. Yeah. It has a fender installed on it because it's it's basically sized like a mountain bike. Right. So you could do that. All right. So let's let's be judgy for a minute. Yeah. You you're you and you guys are bike shop guys, but I mean, when I see somebody <laughs> on the greenway on a bicycle and they've got like the full fender, yeah, like going down over the back tire, yeah, maybe even has a reflector on it. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, thinking, I, <laughs> loser. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, I don't, but it, you know, uh, see, my, I my, think on it like wrong? a commuter bike, I commuter think it makes, makes perfect sense. sense. Yeah. It makes sense, but I mean, come on, people, what about the style? Yeah, I. It I, is a about, style, though. It's a very like Euro. It is a very city Euro style. style. Yeah. yeah. So, so mm-hmm. um, it's just I, a different style. On a lot of the the specialized, uh, they call them EQ or equipped models. Uh-huh. Um, the e bikes, they will definitely have fenders, and they'll have an integrated tail light and stuff. You're riding in traffic you're riding on wet days and dry days. I get it. If you just like have fenders because you are trying to 
you, you, that's just the thing you have. That's like you just, just want a defender. Who, who you are? Yeah, it's just who you are. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I would say I'm a, I'm a non-fender guy on, on most bikes, but um, front fender on a mountain bike all the way. And uh, gravel, I guess it's still trying to figure out what it is anyway. Yeah, so yeah. it's the Wild West. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. Send I mean, it. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I just think the aesthetic, because I think bicycles are beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I just think. It does, it does draw the eye away from like the whole the whole it, picture. It just messes up the aesthetic for me. You know, um, I was thinking about fenders, and when I was in, uh, I, I did a race called the Chumalungmut Snowshoe, and it was 20 laps down the mountain. It's the, the entire, it, you, it would be like riding from the top of Mount Everest to the bottom, to sea okay. level. Um, and so it's like 25,000 vertical yeah. feet you have okay. to, to, to compete, and it was going to rain, and I was there the night before, and I didn't have a fender. At the t- that time, fenders, like, you could get them, but they were like, they were just kind of emerging and i remember getting a um a the the top of a uh like a a binder and it was like flimsy plastic and cut out like a fender shape and um zip tied it to my fork because i was worried i wasn't going to be able to see like you do 20 laps down the mountain eventually your goggles are just going to be so clogged with mud even you're cleaning them off they're going to get all scratched lenses are going right. to get scratched yeah. Yeah, and i put thing. that on there and it and it i survived i've seen people do the like um two liter bottle uh fenders i've seen all kinds of crazy things uh, just duct tape and cardboard um and sometimes you got to do it to survive so yeah, yeah. Uh, okay I, do. i'm a homebrew fender fan if i see those i'm usually pretty pumped Okay, well, I think we've I think we've addressed the universal bike question. For today. <laughs> Dan, you have some amazing tech here as we listen to the Rider Up podcast. Dan is also uh, a mechanic here at Cardinal Bicycle, and I'm going to get out my yeah, phone, phone out. because we will put a little video on the Biking for Boomers YouTube channel. And Dan, wait a minute, I've got this. I'm, I'm going to take a photo, and now we're on video. And I, so you're going to do an unboxing for us. Yeah. This some um, some like ASMR unboxing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> ASMR. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's the like people like to just listen to people do things. Uh, oh right, yeah, just the noise. About. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, what I hear have here um, real quickly, this is a product from Cane Creek. Uh, so pretty excited about it because we have just recently become kind of the the main partner for Cane Creek here in the area. And uh, what I got in here is a pretty cool product. So. Uh, Cane Creek, if you're not aware, they make all kinds of really good products, but one of the things that they are most known for is their suspension, and more notably, it is their rear suspension. So we'll get into what I'm pulling out here in a second, but this is the kind of main part. And so this is actually for a customer who's coming in later. So um, Hunter, if you're watching. <laughs> Very famous uh, you, component yeah, you now. Have a so um, what this is is a uh, rear shock. Um, this is the Cane Creek DBIL coil i know that's a long a long uh, name but it's because it's using a coil on the rear shock here which is this is a downhill application um this is actually a trail bike uh, really shock, with a coil shock with a coil shock so the great thing about coil shocks are that you can so number one well, let me let me start with cane creek you can tune um every like little bit of um of the shock so it has high speed and low speed compression um we still need to do a a, a show talking about what all that means but high speed and low speed compression so you can adjust how the bike feels under compression you can adjust the high speed and low speed rebound so how it feels when the you know the the shock is extending back Uh, it has a climb switch 
which is going to allow it to uh, you know, perform under pedaling better when you're going uphill. Um, the downsides of a coil shock are that traditionally they're a little bit heavier. Um, this one though, um, you can see it's a nice, uh, tightly packed machined product and it was made, uh, all the machining is done down in uh, Asheville or Hendersonville, North Carolina. Um, so the cool thing about that is they have just taken their time and really made a beautiful product. Um, so the aesthetic of it is great. Now I know it's not put together, but then um, we're gonna pair his rear shock, uh, all the technology, the valving and everything with one of their vault springs. So what's neat about this is it's progressively wound so that the top of it can be nice and supple and it will be a lot um, more difficult to compress towards the bottom because of the, the um, it's gonna be the diameter and how it is wound. And you can kind of see, see that when you're looking at it, the, like how it changes top to bottom. It's pretty neat. Um, so this is a, a part of mountain bike technology that is, is super geeky to get into, but it's, it's, it's really fun to, to kind of dive into and research. Um, if you want to know more about uh, Cane Creek or how this stuff works, they got a bunch of good videos on their website. Um, and you can really dive into the deep end on this if, if you want to learn about valving and oil flow and the you know all the little details that they use inside of it. So that's my piece of tech this week is the Cane Creek. It's Cane Creek suspension. We also have out on the floor a Cane Creek Mark II uh, front fork, which is really nice. And then uh, we have a bunch of other goodies that are showing up every day, um, all the beautiful machined parts that they make down there. So, yeah, that's my, my piece of tech for the week. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, so so let, me, let me ask Dan because yep. this is, you know, listeners are going to say, oh, that sounds cool. Can yep. I afford it? You can afford it. It is, uh, it's priced very competitively with anybody else on the market. Um, nice thing is um, if you come to a shop like us that is a preferred dealer, we can get it to you a lot quicker. And there's some, um, you know, some perks you can get if you come to a shop like us. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that um, we are now... Um, we are now certified or okayed to work on all of these things. And you got to have somebody that knows what they're doing to do the actual servicing. Um, it is not easy. We invested a bunch of money into the tooling and the process to teach the people to do it correctly. And we have the people at the shop now to do that. So you don't have to send it out. You don't got to pay shipping or anything like that. You bring it in, you hand it to us, we can get it done for you. So okay pretty excited about that it. is a cool piece of tech and do yep. you do you want to just share your fancy new um bike, i'll, fa bike I'll share dan, my dan has a m mechanics <laughs> bike kit this would be interesting to nobody but dan this, except it is really cool yeah so i have my in my master e-bike technician box i'm pretty proud of it it took me a couple years and a lot of airtime flying to california and doing classes and over the internet and everything to get it but they have sent this to me and this is my um my technician's box so if you have there it's not complete i want to you know say it is not totally complete um and it but it does have a bunch of tools that i'll be i'll be kind of retrofitting and making it my own um but this is kind of the baseline um this is my tool of the week if you if you like to to know about the tool of the week uh check out the video in the the show notes, but um, got everything I need here to hook up to specialized equipment, um, read what the bike is doing, what's what's going on. This morning, I was able to plug in and solve a problem without taking anything apart, which is really cool. So um, 
it's fun. I've been using, I got a little multimeter now so I can start checking voltage and things of batteries. It's, um, it's an emerging technology. We're still learning a lot on how to service and how to do it correctly, but it's been, uh, it's been fun. So yeah, this is my, my master toolbox that I'm very proud of. You can come look at it sitting on the bench anytime you want. Abby, don't you think he's a little <laughs> over the top with his toolbox? I don't know. Can it's, you be over the top with a toolbox, I though? Did, this is it's like just, an art. It is it definitely. And it is only in the beginning phases. I can't wait to show you in uh, a couple months when I get it all um, done custom. It's going to be incredible. So yeah, well, so so we can have a return visit of the toolbox anytime. Anytime you want me to bring the toolbox, yeah. I will gladly brag about the toolbox. No problem. So you know, if you listen to the Rider Up podcast, you you got to make sure you hit the subscribe button. Please because do. Toolbox content. You don't want to miss the episode with Dan's toolbox. We're lacking in toolbox upgrade. content. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but you do have some cool stuff in there. Yeah. And, and kudos to you because you, you really have learned all of the things that you need to know to fix these e-bikes. And it's not the same. It's not. <laughs> right? It's fun. It was fun. I, I, I don't want to sound like I complain. It was, it was fun to do. Um, and I like doing it. So, yeah. Okay. Keep going. Abby, we wish you all the best uh, as you continue to heal. And we want to let you know listeners know how you do in these amazing races that you've got coming up so good luck thank you yeah and um you've got a great backstory sometime we just need to where did you teach you you were teaching elementary school in some foreign country right? i taught middle and high school in tanzania for four years tanzania mm-hmm. i mean you know that's that's as interesting as anything bicycling yeah you know, Absolutely, we'll right? we'll do an Abby bio episode. That's what we need to do. Yeah, because the more the more you peel it back, the more amazing yeah. everything is. You know, just and how Abby kind of discovered. Oh, by the way, I can race bicycles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was like sort of an accidental finding. Or like two years ago when I moved here and I discovered that there were rocks on mountain bike trails. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, listen. This has been the Rider Up podcast presented by Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge. Recorded at Cardinal Bicycle, where America's East Coast mountain biking capital and Imbasova Ride Center, home to VBR Team 2024. We are having the Visit VBR Grand Fondo coming up on Sunday, October 8, 2023. And as always, we want to thank our audio engineer, Tom Bamford, for making sure all the levels came out well today. And hopefully you were able to understand everything we said. And if you weren't, it wasn't because... It was bad audio. It was because Dan doesn't articulate himself. That's what it was. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Uh